You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Now, I'm saying that because I believe that according to the text, we are in truth servants of God. The first sign or indication that you are a servant of God is that you have surrendered yourself to him. You deem him not only your savior, the one that brought you out of sin, but he is your your Lord. You're going to do what he tells you to do. You're going to do what he tells you to do directly and indirectly. Now, how many, based upon that, you consider yourself God's servant? Let me go further. You are not a flawless person. It ain't hard for you to tell me or somebody else the last time you messed up. You're not flawless. But you you do two things. You strive to do what's right. And when you do mess up, you repent. You change and start doing what's right. Because you want to please the Lord. And so based upon that, how many agree you're you're a servant? You're a servant. Because Psalm 35 and 27 is specifically talking about a servant are servants of the Most High God. And we are, in fact, servants. And But I want you to notice the psalmist starts out the verse saying to the servants, let them shout for joy and be glad. I'm going to believe if you're a servant of God, you should be happy. You should, you should be happy whether things are wonderful or chaotic. You should be happy whether everything is going extremely well or whether you're going through various trials. What James say, count it all, even when you're going through various trials. So if you're a servant, you're, you're going to be happy. But but notice he said you should shout about it. You should shout about how glad you are to be in God. You should primarily be a person of praise. I don't know if you were listening to Prophetess Walker, but she, she talked about uh, Praise tonight in the sense of if we do it, 
we'll get a breakthrough. And how many know when the praise or praises go up, God going to send something down. Because praise moves who? God. And so the psalmist likewise wanted the people of God to, to shout about the goodness of the Lord. To be happy about the goodness of the Lord. And again, you have to be happy uh, whether things are wonderful or whether things are troublesome. No matter what, you have to be, have to be thankful. And notice, he, he goes on to say this right here, which is somewhat unusual because it seems like he paused before he continued talking about what he wanted his, the servants of God to do. But notice how it's somewhat like a pause in that he mentions what he's doing. And notice this, let them shout for joy and be glad. Notice, who favor my righteous cause. It seems like he just paused and said, look, let me say something before I go on. He wanted them to know that what he wanted them to do was right. Wanted them to be happy. Wanted them to shout for joy. But he wanted them to know that is right. What, he, what he's asking them to do is right. And notice, he goes so far as to say, look, if you don't favor my righteous cause, it's not going to be a problem. It's not going to be a problem if you don't do what I ask you to do. Because if a person is not happy in Jesus, if, if a person has not learned to be thankful no matter what, it's going to be hard for them to receive what does say is God anyway. You agree with that? You're not going to care about a cause or a reason that somebody is telling you to be happy in Jesus if you don't really care or concern yourself with the things of God anyway. Let me ask you a question. You, you, you have, uh, in your early days and when you were a babe, got so upset to where it didn't bother you to miss prayer. Didn't bother you not to praise God. Come on now. I know you may have to go back a little bit, but how many can remember? Yeah, because you felt God did you wrong. Matter of fact, just ask somebody, have you ever felt like God did you wrong? And you responded by not praising or magnifying Him the way you should. Anybody? By your hands. But when you get mature, that should never be the case. You should mature to the point to where you recognize that you have to, you have to praise God no matter what you go through, right? And so again, notice the wording because it's very important before I go further. First, just the first things that he, first two things that he says, let them shout for joy and be what? Who favor my what? If you favor my righteous cause, I just need you to shout about it. I need you to be happy. And so, um, if his audience did not favor his righteous cause, it wasn't no need in them listening to what he was about to say 
thereafter. But if you know it's right to praise God, know it's right to be happy in God despite what you go through, the rest of the verse is, in fact, for you, like it was for those that uh, was among the psalmist that knew it was right to praise God no matter what. And so notice what he wants them to do. He wants them um, to say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Say to your neighbor, the only way you can say such is to really understand what it is for the Lord to be magnified. How I many know death and life in the power of the what? He wanted them to say, let the Lord be what? But in order to say it, and especially to mean it, you really have to understand first what it is to magnify the Lord. And of course, it's, it's different meanings. But one meaning tonight, I, I want you to get in your spirit. That, be, that being, it means to... Uh, perceive the greatness of God. See, you, you can't magnify God when you're in trouble if you don't understand his greatness. You can't, you can't say things like, despite what I'm going through, it's going to work for my good if you don't understand God's greatness. You can't say when you get a bad report, that everything is well, everything is going to be fine if you don't understand the greatness of God. See, because it's evident when some people talk that they don't understand the greatness of God. God can give a person a strong word that says something like, I'm going to bring you out of your situation. And that person can can shout about it, be happy about it. But two days later, that same person can get a report and start talking about the report as if it's right, despite what God has, has told him or her. Now, if a person does such, it's evident that that person does not understand the greatness of God. See, God is so great that if he tells you a thing, it don't matter what happened, he's still going to make his word good. Y'all need to help me preach a little bit tonight. Tell somebody God is not a man that he should lie. Another son of man that he should repent. Has he said a thing? Will he not make it good? But but see, if God tells you better is here and better is coming, but then three days later, bad happened, and you get the saying out of your mouth, I wonder how come better ain't manifesting for me. You don't understand the greatness of God. Say to your neighbor, you got to understand the greatness of God. 
And the way you understand the greatness of God is not through your carnal mind, but through the revelation that God sends forth. How many understand that? That's very, very, very important. You have to understand the greatness of God. And you have to understand your limitations when, when, when it comes uh, to being a person that's not in the place you need to be to understand the greatness of God. And, and so I want to deal with the greatness of God by looking at a few passages of Scripture. Let's go to Job first. Let's go to the book of Job, which is, which is right next um, to Psalm. And notice Job 37. Just turn the page just a little bit and, and consider Job 37 and 5. Because, uh, and keep in mind, the psalmist wanted the servants of God to magnify him. But again, if you're going to magnify God, you have to understand the greatness of God. All right? Job 37 and 5. God thunders marvelously with his voice. He does help me. Which we can now what? And see, you have to understand he's talking from just a human standpoint. Uh, there are some things that God has done for me that I could not understand with my limited mind. What about you? I said God has done some things for me that I could not understand with my limited mind. I had to take on the mind of God to realize that he did exactly what he said he would do in his word. Certain things you'll try to comprehend or you, you'll try to grasp fully that God does uh, in a logical sense and it can't be done. Oh God, tell your neighbor you can't understand some of the things God does for you from a logical standpoint. Because they don't make no sense from a logical standpoint. They only make sense when, when you are God conscious uh, you have the mind of Christ. That's the only way they make sense. Just, just like how God brought you out of alcohol addiction, drug addiction, and so forth. You tell folk that, hey, God delivered me in one night. And I know folk go through steps, folks do this, that, and the other, but he did it for me in one night. And when you tell folk like that that don't have the mind of Christ, they, they can't comprehend that. Matter of fact, when he did it for you, you couldn't comprehend it. Who can comprehend how God can deliver you fully by coming to the altar and asking him to do it and trusting him for your salvation? Some of you don't understand how, how God is going to cause you to be better off than you have ever been. And you're going through a hard trial right now. You, you have no idea of how he's going to do it. You have no idea of how he's he going to do it other than he done promised in his word that he would do it. And if God said it, he'll do it, he'll bring it to pass. I said if God said it, 
He'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Now there is a saying, God said it, I believe it, and that sells it, but not, not, not so. If God said it, he going to do it. Whether you believe it or not. Why is that? Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall, but not God's word. God changes not. If God promised a thing, he going to do it. Now, as believers, we do need to tell folks that we believe it and that sells it as far as we're concerned. But God going to back up his word no matter what. If you don't believe it, he's still going to be faithful. Y'all ain't happy yet. No, y'all, you ain't happy yet? Say to your neighbor, we can't comprehend the greatness of God. Now, now Paul really understood it. That's the reason he said to the church he would do Exceeding abundantly above what you ask or think. I said he'll do exceeding abundantly above what you ask or think. Then he said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man what God is going to do for those, get this, that love him. Ask your neighbor, do you love him? If you love him, that means you serve him. Are you a servant of his? Eyes ain't even seen what God gonna do for you. I said eyes ain't even seen it. That means God had manifested some of the stuff that he got laid up for you. Do you believe he got it laid up for you? Do you believe he gonna drop some of it before 2016? Do you believe he gonna drop some of it before Friday? Do you believe he gonna drop some of it before midnight? Y'all, y'all all right? Let's go to Psalm 86. Let's go further. Psalm 86. We're talking about the greatness of God because the psalmist said in Psalm 35 and 27 to the servants of God that they needed to magnify the Lord. So consider Psalm 86. Y'all staying with me? That's good. Look at the 10th verse. Look at what the psalmist said. You are great and do what kind of works? A wondrous things. For you are, help me. Let's try it one more time. For you are great and do. You alone are. What kind of things? Contextually, wondrous means unbelievable things. Say to your neighbor, God does unbelievable things. You can go out in the yard and, and just look at the cars and you go, oh man, God doing some unbelievable things. You can go to folks' house, you ain't even got to go in that house and just say, oh man, God is doing some unbelievable things. Somebody can show you a picture of them 10 years ago when they wasn't saved and show, and you can look at them based upon the picture. You, oh man, God is doing some wondrous things. Say your neighbor, God done done a number on me. The half ain't even been told. Woo, I can tell you some stuff that you wouldn't believe is so unbelievable. Am I talking about you? You ought to shout at somebody, he talking about me. God done done some unbelievable things in my life. Come on, get happy with me for at least 35 seconds. Tell somebody, God done done some unbelievable things. Fuck me. Woo. 
Woo! Shouted somebody else. God, I've done some unbelievable things in the year 2015. And he ain't done doing wondrous things. He ain't done doing unbelievable things. Ain't that amazing? Some of y'all ain't getting happy because this ain't for you. And it's okay you ain't getting happy because this ain't for you. It's for me. It's for me. Look at it again. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are who? Say to, your, say to your neighbor, ain't nobody like the Lord. Say ain't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody like the Lord. Is that true? Go to Psalm 111. Let's go down. Psalm 111. Lord have mercy. It'd be a shame I met the corner and you ain't got it yet. Psalm 111 and 2. The works of the Lord are the works of the Lord are studied by all who have pleasure in them. Man, how God worked it out for them boys in that fiery furnace. When, when, you, when you study that, it's just amazing. How God worked it out for Paul when, when that snake grabbed a hold of his hand and, and folk were looking for him to die, but God didn't allow death to happen. Man, when you study that, it's just amazing. When you study how God got Elder T.J. White from the gambling table, you just think about it, meditate on it. It's something else. Say to your neighbor, the Lord has done some great works. And when you study them, just amazing. Am I talking right? Look at the verse again. The works of the Lord are studied by all who have pleasure. Help me. Let's go to one more, one more passage about the greatness of God. Let's go to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me. Psalm 136. Remember, according to Psalm 35 and 27, the psalmist wanted the people of God to magnify God or to really see the greatness of God. And in order to magnify him, you do have to know and see the greatness of God. But consider Psalm 136, y'all there? And verse 4. To him who alone does great help me, for his mercy endures how long? Now here, contextually, wonders means miracles. What kind of miracles does God do? No, no, no. Look at it. Great. To him who does great what? Wonders are miracles. Say your neighbor, God does great miracles. And, and a miracle in one sense is something that man or woman can explain. Because it goes against the laws of nature. Just can't explain it. Uh, the, the doctor don't want to give God credit, so he'll just say, well, I, I just can't explain it. I don't know what happened. This could have took place or that could have took place. I really don't know. It's just, and, and won't just give God the glory. But he don't have to give God the glory. We'll give God the glory in his office. Am I talking about you? 
I don't know why I'm doing this. Your credit says that you don't qualify for this, but I'm going to go ahead and, and just do this right here and take off on this right here and say this right here so you can drive away with this. I, again, I don't understand why I'm doing all this, but, but I'm going to let, well, I understand it because God said that he was going to cause me to be the head, not the tail, to live above only and never beneath. He said he would open up the windows of heaven, pour me out something I wouldn't even have room enough to receive. I know what's happening. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly, even though their credit is not up to par. Ain't got a dime in the bank, but you drove off with it. Ain't got a quarter to your name, but God still made a way out of no way. You ought to high five three folks and say, our God is great. Our God is what? Our God is what? Our God is what? And look at somebody else with your preaching voice and preach to him or her. He getting ready to do some great things for you. No way he would have came forth tonight speaking what he spoke through the prophetess and speaking what he's speaking through me right now. If he didn't plan on doing something great in your life. If you receive it, tell somebody I received that. All right. Now go back to Psalm 35 and 27. Let's finish. Look at this. Again, the first part of the verse let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually let the lord be magnified and then finally he he closes out the verse by saying who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant say to your neighbor god wants you to prosper Oh, Lord, have mercy. Say that to another person. God wants. God wants good to happen for you. He wants you to have better. God wants you to be the head, not the tail. God wants you to have a blessing that no sorrow comes with. You know Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one and he adds no sorrow with it. Quit saying stuff like, well, maybe God didn't want me to have. Yes, he do. If something don't work out, it means it's something better. If something don't work out, it means there was something wrong with it and God wasn't going to allow it to go through. But don't you ever get in your head that God does not want you to prosper. God wants you to be successful. God wants you to defeat every enemy you face. God wants you to be able to pay off every bill you have. God wants you to have your heart's desire. God wants to supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. God wants to bless you with not only one house but houses. God wants to bless you with not only one piece of land but a whole lot of acres God wants better for you I need at least 10 folks to help me preach this tonight go to somebody that's still sitting down and tell them God wants you to have better
got to preach it. God wants you to have better. Don't you ever think God gets pleasure in you being broke all the time. Don't think God gets pleasure in you not being able to give what is asked to give. Don't you think God, God has pleasure in the only thing you being able to do is win the shop. That ain't giving God no pleasure. God wants to give you a blessing that's going to be good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, but... It comes when you make up in your mind that you're not going to be some time when it comes to giving Him the praise. You're not going to be some time when it comes to magnifying Him. You're not going to be some time when it comes to giving to Him. You're not going to be some time when it comes to serving Him. When you become continual in doing what God said, then God will open up windows not just one time, but time and time and time and time again. Again, notice what he said. Let them say continually. He wanted them to be continual in magnifying God, continual in doing what does saith God. Because every time you do what does saith God, you are in fact magnifying Him. That's the reason Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things are just coming your way and it ain't cause you got no raise. It ain't cause your job is making it happen. God ain't gonna let your job get the glory. He ain't gonna let your cousin get the glory. He ain't gonna let your unsaved spouse that talk about God all the time get the glory. No, he is going to get the glory for what he does. No glory will I give to another. He ain't going to give nobody his glory. Say your neighbor, God wants you to prosper. John speaking on God's behalf in 3 John 2 said, that, well, matter of fact, I want you to look at it. I don't want to quote it. I want to read it. 3 John. 3 John. It's only one chapter. We're going to look at the second verse. 3 John. Second verse. It's in the very back of the Bible, so don't flip in the front. Go on back to the back. Third John 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in, it is, all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Same way you eat the word is how God wants you to live. The same way you are attentive to doing the things of God is the same way God wants you to receive benefits. That's the reason benefits, when you really understand them, are not something you receive every now and then. Benefits are something that you receive every single day. Every, every single day. And there are some benefits that God does, does not even permit us to know about. He just does them because he's kind, he's merciful, he's great. But then there are some benefits he wants us to know about so we can testify about it. He wants you to prosper. And see, when you, when, when you go to obtain or acquire something, you have to have in your mindset, God wants me to have this. 
When you go to get your heart's desire, you got to have in your mindset, God wants me to have this because I am his servant. Now, if you've been robbing God, you can't say that. If you've been treating God bad, you can't say that. But if you've been striving to do the right thing, you got to say when you go to get it that God wants you to have it. You got to say it when, when the Holy Spirit is leading you to a particular place. God has a blessing for me. I can sense when God getting ready to bless me. I can sense it. I can sense it even if I'm a hundred miles away. I just be sensing. It, it, that city right there is a hundred miles away, but it's something in that city for me. I can sense it when I go in a store that God got something for me. Say to your neighbor, when God blesses you, and you magnify what he's doing, you will start sensing that God is getting ready to do something for you. It's just like it's some folk in here tonight, you you sensing that something great is getting ready to happen in your life. Where are you at tonight when you tell somebody, he talking about me? I'm sensing that God is getting ready to do something. You never know what I may pull up in this week. I'm sensing that God getting ready to do so. I'm sensing it. You never know what can, what I might pull out my pocket this week. I'm sensing some stuff. How many sensing some stuff by a show of hands? I'm serious. I, I can, I can tell when God getting ready to, to just do something great. And it, and it don't be based upon nothing but just my, my consciousness of God. It ain't because this, that, or the other has happened. It just, cause, cause see, God will just drop in your spirit. He getting ready to do something. You can be broken. He'll drop in your spirit that he getting ready to give you a pile of money. You can, you, you can be going through trial after trial, but he'll drop in your spirit, your trial finna come to an end, and then you're gonna receive such and such. Sense tonight that God get ready to do something for you. Sense and understand tonight that God wants you to prosper. Look, look at this verse again. Psalm 35 and 27, that latter part. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He get happy. Can you imagine God clapping when you get something? Smiling when you get something? I mean, to really understand how happy God get about just just tangible things, when, when you read the book of Genesis, the first chapter, when God created things, when, when he got through creating, he said, he just looked at everything and said, Lord, this is just so good. Oh, this very good. God wants his children to prosper. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.